0: Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday morning, November 14th, 2017. Once again, Mike Lyon coming to you live with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. And today, because we're not going to have really any other time to do it this week, uh, we got to get some Red Sox stuff done. With any time left over, we'll talk about the Bruins. But the story of the Bruins is is kind of depressing right now. Uh, so we're, we're going to talk Red Sox, and then we'll do Bruins at the end of the show. But We started last week talking about the Red Sox offseason. And some of the guys that they could target, some of the places that they needed to upgrade, some of the things that they needed to do. And it almost entirely focused on the the offense, on on hitting, Uh, mostly on the outfield, maybe at first base a little bit. We didn't really talk about pitching. And so I want to spend today's show talking about the Red Sox pitching staff and what we can expect them to do in the offseason. Let's first take a look at where they ended up. And if you want to start, I mean, I know if, if you were listening to this show down the stretch, especially in September, late August, September, certainly into October, you heard me say probably too many times that the bullpen had become the strength of the Red Sox team and that was certainly the case, at least going into the playoffs. The bullpen really had kind of become the strength. They, they, they seem to go away from that a little bit, although the starting starting rotation didn't give them much of a chance. We'll get to that in a second. The, the bullpen definitely was the strength of the Red Sox pitching, stab and possibly the strength of the entire team, that and the defense. but. And so it would would be easy to say, well, the bullpen's still a strength. They're still going to be awesome. You know, they don't have to worry about the bullpen. But if you start peeling away the pieces, you realize that what was a strength could become a weakness very, very quickly. The Red Sox bullpen down the stretch last season was really, really good in no small part to two key people. One was Addison Reed, who came over in a trade from the Mets, and outside of... One or two really bad outings, one really bad one with the Yankees, and I think he gave up a home run down the stretch at some point. Outside of those two bad outings, he pitched pretty darn well and pitched a lot for the Red Sox. He really became the the kind of key to lock down the eighth inning and and, and set up Craig Kimbrell for the save. He's a free agent, and there's absolutely no guarantee that he's going to be back in Boston. In fact, I'd say it's probably likely that he does not come back to Boston for a lot of reasons. And the other key was David Price. David Price came back from injury, gave the Red Sox a left-handed arm, gave them stability, gave them some huge outs down the stretch out of the bullpen, really became a weapon for them. Was probably the Red Sox best pitcher down the stretch in any role. But you know David Price obviously will be on the team next year. But David Price will not be in the bullpen next year. Assuming he is healthy, he is going to start again. So you're losing two key pieces out of that bullpen that I told you was a strength to end the season. Now all of a sudden, what does it look like? What it looks like is Craig Kimbrel, and I have absolutely no idea after that. In all honesty, Craig Kimbrell will be back as your closer. At least for one more year. He's a free agent after this year. And he's in a contract year. So you could explore an extension with Kimbrell this offseason. I don't really expect them to do that. But if he has a big year this year, if he has the year he had last year, he will get big money in free agency. Big money. Big. And I don't know if the Red Sox will want to pay to keep him at that point. But for 2018 anyway, he's still your closer you have no problem in the closer spot, which is big. But other than that, I can't really tell you what they're going to feature. I can say with relative confidence that Carson Smith will be a part of the bullpen. Came back, pitched pretty well after Tommy John surgery, had a couple of hiccups, but in a limited amount of time, showed good stuff. There's something to build on there, certainly for 2018. He will be a part of the bullpen possibly is the setup guy in front of Kimbrell. Other than that, who is it? And you say to yourself, well, there's still pieces there. You got Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly is the ultimate, he should be a lights-out pitcher, reliever every single season. He starts off the year throwing 100 miles an hour, gets faster as the season goes on, and still cannot be trusted. We say this year after year after year with him. I think he gets one more year to prove that he belongs in the Red Sox bullpen. He was better last year, but still not very good. He's there. Can you really, I mean, do you want to go into the season with with Kimbrell Smith, who's coming off of Tommy John surgery, and Joe Kelly is the back three in your bullpen? I wouldn't feel real good about that. You got Matt Barnes, who did not make the postseason roster. The home road splits on Matt Barnes last year were astronomically wide. A pretty good pitcher in Fenway, a bad pitcher away from Fenway, all things considered. He had some good outings here and there, but I don't know if it was overuse, because he did pitch a lot. He was kind of the primary setup guy at the beginning of the year and faltered in it, especially on the road later in the year. Do you trust Matt, you know, he'll be back, but do you trust Matt Barnes there? You know, the only other left-hander you've got besides Price in the bullpen down the stretch was Robbie Scott, who did not make the postseason roster. Robbie Scott was not a bad reliever, and I disagreed with that decision, by the way. I kind of thought Robbie Scott had done enough to justify a spot. But uh, he was not on the postseason roster. Not exactly a completely dependable option. Is he in the mix? Probably. But now, I mean, think, think about how this bullpen is stacking up. And it comes back, what about Tyler Thornburg? Tyler Thornburg, if you will remember, was the guy they traded Travis Shaw for. Travis Shaw was your everyday third baseman last year. Traded him to Milwaukee along with two other prospects to go get Tyler Thornburg, who almost immediately figured out that he couldn't get anyone out in spring training and eventually needed thoracic outlets in you know, surgery and missed the entire season. Absolutely no guarantee that he's going to be ready for spring training this season. And oh, by the way, Travis Shaw went out and had a really good year in Milwaukee. You know, while the Red Sox were counting on Pablo Sandoval to hold down third base and instead had to rush Rafael Devers to the majors in August to hold it down. Nice trade. Nice trade. Nice. It's nice the way that one worked out. I realize, you know, Thornburg's got a little bit of time still He could come back healthy. He could give you another option. But are you counting on it? You know, what it leads me to believe is that the Red Sox need another bullpen arm. They need someone to come in, someone who throws gas, someone who who can be counted on, a proven relief option to get in front of Craig Kimbrell. And nobody is talking about that this offseason. No one's talking about the Red Sox bullpen probably because everybody just assumed it was really good down the stretch and everybody assumes that it's going to be really good again. No one's talking about the need for, for, for help in the bullpen. I think the Red Sox, they, they might need, I mean, offense maybe is the number one priority. They need someone who can hit home runs. But I think a bullpen arm and a good bullpen arm really ought to be number two. And I don't want to go out and trade for one this offseason because they've been burned twice on trade so far. I mean, Carson Smith, if he has a good year next year, may you know, may, may give you some return on that investment. They didn't give up a ton to go get Carson Smith. You know, it certainly seems like they gave up a lot to go get Tyler Thornburg, though. And Tyler Thornburg, you know, he barely threw it in against spring training, let alone the regular season. So I don't want to go trade for a bullpen arm. They've been burned a couple of times there. You know to sign somebody now who's out there to sign that's the problem well Addison Reed's there Addison Reed was in your bullpen last year you could bring him back but Addison Addison Reed is young enough where he probably he probably gets you know a multi-year contract he's done enough in 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 his career so far he's been a closer in places he could ask or start his negotiation for, for, for closer-type money, and, and that's probably too rich for the Red Sox to afford. Probably more than they want to spend, especially if they're about to spend big bucks on a J.D. Martinez or an Eric Cosmer. So they need a reliever, is my theory. And and I'm going to throw some names out there that I think they ought to take a look at. I, I have no inside information to say that they're in on these guys. I just think they ought to take a look. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm going to exclude guys who either got qualifying offers or are going to make big bucks in free agency. So, I mean, if they wanted to go out and get, say, Wade Davis from the Cubs, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to that, but I think Davis got a qualifying offer. Uh, I think he'll command at least two, maybe even three years based on the season he had. I'm assuming the Red Sox are not going to go there. I wouldn't be opposed to them going to to get Wade Davis, but I don't think they're going to do that. Somebody like Greg Holland same thing from Colorado, really good season for them. But you know, he got a qualifying offer, so it would cost the Red Sox a draft pick to pick him up. I don't think they're going in that direction, so I'm going to leave those guys off. Where I'm going to focus is on middle relief guys, maybe setup guys who I think could really help them. And I'm going to start with two guys who were in the Cleveland bullpen at the end of end of last year. And it's no surprise that I'm starting in the Cleveland bullpen because it's the best bullpen in the American League. It's one of the best in, in the Amer- in, in, in baseball and has been for a couple of years. The first guy is Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw, Red Sox fans may remember him because it seemed like he pitched every game against them in the ALDS in 2016. Uh, he did give up a home run, I think, in that series to Brock Holt, but aberration notwithstanding. Brian Shaw is a guy who has been used pretty consistently by Terry Francona, certainly over the past couple of years in Cleveland, and has had a pretty good couple of years. And he may have priced himself out of Cleveland, who needs to pay big, who you know already has committed to paying big bucks to Edwin Encarnacion, needs to lock down some younger players in that lineup. They need to pay Jose Ramirez. They need to pay Francisco Lindor. Uh, they're 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 probably going to be hamstrung as a small market team, and they probably can't afford to sign a guy like Brian Shaw to even a modest free agent contract. I don't think Shaw is going to command huge numbers, but trust me when I say this guy has good stuff and he's durable. Throws a hard cutter, a good curveball slider mix, uh, works quickly, gets ground balls, gets a ton of ground balls. In fact, More than almost any other free agent starter on the market. And like I said, he takes the ball without, doesn't say anything. He's tough, throws a ton of innings. You you could say, well, there's some wear on that arm, you know, buyer beware. But, you know, it's not going to take a huge commitment to Brian Shaw. It might take you two years, maybe two years in an option for a third, maybe three, I don't know. But it certainly won't take you four. To go get Brian Shaw. And if you can have him at, say, two years, 17 or 18 million, if not less than that, I mean, I don't think he's going to get more than that to pitch the eighth inning. You know, if you can get him for two years, less than 10 million, you know, less than eight or nine million a year, I think that's a great investment. He's a good pitcher for Cleveland. Like I said, he's durable, took the ball in some big spots. He did end up being the losing pitcher in Game 7 of the World Series to the Cubs uh, in 2016, but that was not all his fault. He was put back out there after that rain delay in the 10th inning. I really disagreed with that decision. I love Terry Francona, but I really disagreed with that decision. Uh, So, you know, kind of wipe that from your memory. I like Brian Shaw a lot, and I think he'd be a target. Another guy from the Cleveland bullpen is Joe Smith. And Joe Smith was brought over in a trade. I think he was I think he was in St. Louis. And Cleveland brought him in on a trade. This guy is murder on right handers. Drops down, throws sidearm, not unlike Carson Smith does. So you say he might be kinda redundant, but guys, I got news for you. The more effective weapons in the bullpen you have, I don't care about the redundancy. It doesn't bother me in the least. If he can get guys out, that's all I care about. That's all you should care about. And Joe Smith can get guys out. Strikes out a lot of guys, came in in some, you know, I remember in that that Yankees series that they eventually lost, he came into a hellacious situation in New York in one of the games, game three maybe, I think he may have got, like it was second and third, nobody out, the Yankees had already scored three runs, and I think he got out unscathed, that told me all I needed to know about this guy, he's got really good stuff, and he can get guys out, I'm all in on Joe Smith and Brian Shaw. If you watched the World Series last year, you saw a guy from the Dodgers named Brandon Morrow, a really hard thrower. Came into a tough spot in the ninth inning uh, in in one of those games. Did not pitch well, but he was tired, you could kind of tell, and he regained it, pitched well the next day. I think that was game six. Was it game six he had the bad outing, and then he came back in game seven and gave him a good inning? I don't know. I mean, he, he was tired, you could tell. The guy had just thrown a ton of innings. Uh, another, he's a he's a guy. I don't know if he has closed before or if he's been around that 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 inning. In any event, he's a free agent. If you can get him for about the same that you could get Shar or, or Smith, yeah, I mean he's another guy I'd look at. Now these guys are all right-handers, and I I, I would certainly like a left-handed pitcher in the Red Sox bullpen. I just don't think that guy's out there on the free agent market. I I think you know, the free agent market's going to yield a a good number of righties, a good number of power righties. It's not going to yield a good number of left-handed pitchers. And and one of the reasons for that, by the way, is teams understand that left-handed relief is a commodity that you cannot trade and you cannot allow to hit free agency. You've got to lock these guys up early so that they don't hit free agency, so that you can keep your own left-handed pitchers and you don't have to go fishing for them. The Red Sox do have a guy coming up through the minor leagues named Williams Jerez, who they... I think they just put him on the 40-man roster so that he'd avoid the Rule 5 draft. He is a guy, a left-handed pitcher, I believe, who you could see in Boston this year very easily. Uh, another, He's had a good minor league career, pitched well in Pawtucket this year and, and in Portland. You could defi- I could definitely see him getting a role in the Red Sox bullpen in the spring. So... There's three names again. I, I think they need a a relief pitcher. I think they need to sign one in free agency because I don't want to trade for one. I don't know what they're going to trade to get for get one anyway. And you know you you may need to to save some bullets there, especially if you're gonna if you're really after a guy like Giancarlo Stanton, you've got to save some bullets uh, for for that trade. But like I said, I, I really think they need a left-handed, I, I, well, they probably need a left-handed and right-handed pitcher. They need another weapon in the bullpen is my point. And not a lot of people are paying attention to that, and I think they should be. They need a bullpen weapon. If they get another bullpen weapon, all of a sudden the bullpen looks, not, you know, looks pretty good, or could look pretty good. A lot of power arms there. Uh, but certainly the addition of another weapon would help in consistency. Which brings me to the starting rotation. And I think you kind of <laughs> the rotation's a mess, at least at the outset, because you don't know where you're gonna, you don't know what you're gonna have next year in a lot of these spots. But let's let's do it the best we can. Chris Sale obviously is your ace. Drew Pomeranz is your number two. They're both back. Pomeranz, by the way, is in a contract year. As is Kimbrell, I think I, I, they might have an option on Pomeranz, so I take that. I, I take that back. But I, I thought kind. Of, I thought this was the last year of Pomeranz's arbitration eligibility. I could be wrong about that. He might have one more, but I don't think so. I think he's in a contract here. But in any event, Sale's is your number one. Pomeranz is your number two. Price is your number three, assuming he is healthy. Now, if you see a common theme with all those guys, you've done well. They're all left-handed. And the three best pitchers in the rotation are definitely left-handed. Where is the right-handed help after that? Well, Rick Porcello is under contract for another two years. He's in your rotation. Remember that this guy... It's hard to believe, but remember, this guy won the Cy Young Award in 2016. Somewhat controversially, I get it, but he still won the freaking award. He had a really good, really good season. And then last year happened, and everybody forgot or seemed to forget how good of a year Rick Porcello had in 2016. So, can you bet on a bounce-back year from Porcello? I don't know. I don't know if you can bet on it. I wouldn't bet on it. Could it happen? It could. The guy's capable of pitching good games. Uh, But, you know, one through four, that's how your rotation is going to look. There, there's not a lot of mystery there. That's what they have to do. They've got all these guys under contract. Price, by the way, can opt out after this year. So... It's basically a contract year for him. So, that's, but that's what you have one through four. I mean, the Reds—that's what they have to run out there. Like I said, the, the rotation. To say that they underwhelmed against Houston in the playoffs would be putting it mildly. But that's what you've got to run out there, one through four. And that's what you have to work with. Uh, what you can say based upon the fact that 1-4 through is set in the Red Sox rotation is that they're probably, in fact, I would say almost definitely not going to be major players for a big-name free agent, starting pitcher. And there aren't that many of them this season. Jake Arrieta is the guy who who is going to command all the attention or a lot of the attention from the Cubs. He's a free agent. I, I wouldn't I mean, I I like Jake Arrieta a lot. I think his story is really good, but I would not pay him big money anyway, and I don't think the Red Sox are going to be in the market for him, so I don't think you have to worry about that. If they are in the market at all, it would be for a fifth starter type, and I don't really even see them playing there. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be out for a little while. He finally had that knee operated on. Uh, The knee has bothered him, it seems like, for two years now. He finally had surgery on it could be out until May or June, so they're going to need a fifth starter at the beginning of the season, and there's a guy everybody's forgetting, not that I would necessarily count on him, but there's a guy everybody's forgetting who was hurt all last year, but gave him a good season in 2016, and that's Stephen Wright, and again, I'm not necessarily counting on Stephen Wright to A, be healthy, or B, be effective, but the Red Sox are not going to ask him For the same level of production necessarily That he gave them in 2016 They're going to ask him to be a fifth starter If he's healthy And you know he certainly has the inside track on that job Like I said if he comes back healthy If he demonstrates that the knuckleball is still effective He's got the inside track on that job And it's kind of a cool change of pace If you put him next to Chris Sale in the rotation You know sale the hard thrower, all kinds of cool stuff next to it you know and, and you put him you put him on right after a team faces Stephen Wright in the same series. That's that's you know that, that's a cool little transition. The Red Sox, if you, if you think back to when Wakefield was on the team and when you know a guy like Pedro was on the team or Clemens even way before that, it, it was kind of a, a good a neat thing for the Red Sox to have that they could pitch Wakefield. 65-mile-an-hour knuckleball in one series, and then trot out Roger Clemens or Pedro Martinez the next day, you know, both of, with, with both of their 95-mile-an-hour-plus heat. It's It was a nice little change of pace for the Red Sox to be able to throw at teams. And, and the Red Sox conceivably could do the same thing with Sale and, and Wright if, if they wanted to partition it in a certain way in the rotation. So there's not a lot of mystery... In the Red Sox starting lineup, or starting pitching, or starting rotation, I'm sorry, there, there, there's not a lot of mystery there. And I, I, I do not expect them to be big players for a, for an arm, a rotation arm this offseason. I think, like I said, I think they need a bullpen arm. Whether that's, I, I think they ought to go out and get one in free agency. I'm not saying spend a ton of money, I'm saying spend two years, seven or eight million dollars a year to go get a quality bullpen arm not somebody you're picking off another team's you know, you're not, you're not a sell high candidate for a, for a couple of teams because that's burned them two years in a row now and like I said, if, if, if you're keeping something in the tank for somebody like Giancarlo Stanton you're going to need to save your capital anyway your prospects for that kind of trade So I'm looking for the Red Sox to go out and get a bullpen arm. I'm not expecting them to go out and get a starter. I don't think they necessarily, well, I shouldn't say they don't need one. You can always use more starters, but I don't think they have room for one right now. But no one's talking about the fact that the Red Sox need help in the bullpen. I think they do. I think they will go get it. I think they'll address it. I've given you some names that I like. And uh, that's how I kind of see the Red Sox offseason playing out.